Happy New Year's Combo Nation. Appreciate the continued support. It's been nothing short of amazing. Can't wait to see what's in store for 2021. Combination, what up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 228. Can't wait for you to hear this one, but before we get that done, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combos Court. Today's show, Jonathan Macri, the dean of Knicks Film School, joins in to talk New York Knicks basketball. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You could find Jonathan on Twitter at JCMacriNBA. That's J-C-M-A-C-R-I-N-B-A. You know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Happy New Year and let's get into it. Jonathan Macri, Dean of Knicks Film School. Welcome to Combos Court. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling great. I, uh, I'm looking forward to talking some basketball. I appreciate you having me on, um, you know, especially um, a podcast where, you know, I know you talk about all the teams. So the fact yes. that anybody wants to talk about the Knicks is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an encouraging sign. <laughs> we've had we've had plenty of Knicks episodes, but they're not doing that bad this year, Jonathan. They're not doing that bad. Um I got to start with the draft, though. I have to start with the draft because we cover the draft often here. And how didn't they take Halliburton with that pick, Jonathan? Talk to me, man. Um, I think the the early, you know, um, uh, hand-wringing or pearl-clutching or whatever about them bypassing on Halliburton is a bit premature, only for this reason. And I, I like think- Obi, Jonathan. I want to I preface that. I like Obi. I want to preface yeah. that. Yeah. I, I well, that's the thing is I I mean I like Obi too in terms of what he could bring, um, but I think the more important thing is that we just haven't seen Obi yet because he's obviously he only lasted the one game and and he's been out for the last three. Um, we also even in the preseason when we did get to see him, we haven't seen him. I think in what I would consider his ideal role, which is with a lot of spacing around him. That's the one thing with in Dayton he was. You know, he had a lot of room to operate because he was playing center. And I think long term, his ceiling is going to be as a someone who kind of splits their time between a four and a small ball five. You know, in terms of Halliburton, I think, you know, it's a perfect situation for him. He gets to play off of um, other guys who soak up a lot of the attention between Darren Fox. And um, and I felt that Marvin. that could have been like that with RJ, right? Him and RJ. Ooh. Uh, well, that's the thing, right? Is like RJ is not quite there yet. Um, we, right. You know, we, we'd love for him to get there soon. Um, but I think right now, the only guy who's really, you know, commanding, you know, double teams on the regular with the Knicks is Julius Randle. And he's obviously been playing well. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on him. Right. But I'm not sure. I, I think, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Tyrese Halliburton would would have helped the Knicks right now just because he's a shooter. And he could, even if he's not a long-term point guard at this level, I think he could have played a little bit of point guard for, for them, given where they're at. That said, I don't mind the topic pick because I do think he has a higher ceiling long-term, even with the defensive questions. 
And, uh, you know, I want to see him, like I said, on, on the court, period, first of all, but definitely on the court in, in the role that he's best suited for. Okay, Jonathan, you almost sold me, but you didn't. I would have took Halliburton. <laughs> but hey, I, listen, got I got you. I got you. I like Obi. I like Obi. I like Obi. <laughs> Halliburton's good, and I think he's exactly what Sacramento needed. I'll, I'll say that. All right, Jonathan, you watch Knicks basketball very heavily. Like, that's what you do. Um, what's the difference about this season? I know it's really early, but they are playing better. And you mentioned Julius Randle. He's definitely playing better. This is kind of the Julius Randle that Knicks fans wanted to see even last season. But just in general, from your early observations, what's the difference about the Knicks this season? Um. I think the biggest difference is, and you know, you don't have to take my word for it. The the players themselves have have all said this to a man when they've been interviewed. Um, there is a level of um, uh, sharing, uh, first and foremost. I think that is required to even get on the court. Um, to say nothing of things like playing hard on every possession and and consistently. So. You know, last year you saw a lot of not only on on defense but on offense too. Just guys running around, not really knowing where they needed to be. Um, you know, I think it was Randall who said it in an interview within the last forty eight hours that now um, you know guys know when to pass, when to shoot. That like all of that has become a lot clearer. And last season under Fisdale, like, you know, that, that kind of really wasn't being instilled. So um, I think they're just a lot more organized now. And then the other part of it is that Thibodeau has gotten Randall to kind of be a little bit more unselfish in particular. He's averaging seven assists a game. Um, that is, you know, I think a little high in terms of what we would expect for the whole season, um, you know, but it's a high, it's a, it's a number that I think even if it comes down a little bit, it could still be, you know, in the, in the neighborhood of where he'll finish up. Um, so I would say Randall, I would say systems at both ends. Um, and I just, you know, they're a little bit, I think they're a little bit better. I think they have, you know, there were a lot of moments last year where they would have one or two or three guys on the court where you're like, yeah, I'm not sure if these guys are really NBA players. And this year at the very least, everybody they put out there is, someone that you look at and be like, okay, this guy deserves to be on the court. Like, do they have a, a few too many fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth men? Yes. But, um, you know, ba baby steps here in, in New York. Yeah. Julius Randall is looking better. Almost had a quadruple double the other night. Wow. <laughs> he did. Yes. Not, <laughs> one, one turnover away. No, but, but in all seriousness, he is playing with more poise and he's using his teammates a lot better, but I wanted to shift to Tibbs because from a player's perspective, which I come from, I love what he's doing. I mean, I think you should kind of knock it down to maybe eight and play those guys and let them get in a rhythm and make those tough decisions than playing like 11, you know, or 10. I really like that. I know with back to backs, that's difficult, but what have you made of Tibbs rotations? Um, well, he actually only played eight in the last right. game. Um, right. Right. Because uh, Alec Burks, who's, who's been outstanding for the Knicks was, was out with a, a bum knee. He'll be back. Uh, for tonight's game uh, against the Raptors. Um, but he's been going, I would say, like I, I wrote before the season, I think Tibbs in a perfect world, he would have like, a, he has like a nine and a half man rotation where he'll have one guy that, you know, might see 10 to 15 minutes one night and 
and maybe won't see any time the next. Um, and then have, you know, another four guys who will all be in the teens. And then, you know, Tibbs, Tibbs wants to play all of his starters, you know, more than 30 minutes. He, he wants to play a couple of them probably, you know, more than 35 minutes. And we saw that the other night. Um, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and Reggie Bullock all played over 40 minutes in their win um, against Cleveland. So in terms of his rotation, I, I like what he's done. I think – there are some more difficult choices coming up that he hasn't had to make yet. Um, we just learned a few minutes ago, actually, that Austin Rivers is going to be back tonight. Um, he has not thus far been been healthy. And Emmanuel quickly and and Austin, or and uh, the the aforementioned Obi Toppin both have not, you know, uh, or both have been out since the first game. So, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think nine to ten men is is about the most I would do. Yeah. But there, there is going to be, I think, some uncomfortable moments here. Unless, you know, I mean, look, it's it's a long NBA season, like you said, back-to-backs and whatnot. Yeah. I think, you know, the, there will be natural places where you could say, okay, this guy gets a, a night off here, this guy gets a night off there. And I also don't think the roster we're dealing with now is going to be the roster that they end the season with. Because I do think at some point that they, they will probably make a, a trade somewhere down the line. Jonathan, five years from today, best case scenario, what kind of player is R.J. Barrett? I mean, I've seen R.J. Barrett play in high school, in college, and in the NBA. The thing is, when I saw him in high school, I was really impressed, and I felt like his game got a little bit more rigid over the years. There wasn't as much flow to it. Um, I don't think he's the most skilled guy, but he has a lot of will, and he seems like a guy that wants to get better, and I think that's great. Where do you see best case scenario for R.J. Barrett, let's say five years from now or even two years from now um oh boy that's a that's a tough one because anytime you know i get myself into trouble anytime i talk about rj barrett with the fan base why so well because he was bad last year okay (laughs) and i'm i'm i guess i think one of the few people who is comfortable saying that um and i think people want to blame his struggles you know completely on the fact that oh you know Alfred Payton and Julius Randle didn't pass on the ball enough, or he was dealing with a lack of spacing. And yeah, that both of those things and some other, you know, things like the coaching conspired against him, but he also didn't help himself. I mean, he, I was, I'm just doing a piece right now, actually Um, his finishing for as much as he got to the rim was in the 22nd percentile um, league wide in the restricted area. Like that's, that's not great. Um, his three point shooting, obviously is, it was 32%, which is probably better than you would have expected, but it's still not great. Um, you know, and like the, the playmaking was okay. There was some promise with the playmaking. Um, but I I think that could get better. And the defense was kind of a train wreck. Um, you know, you just got to look at the on off numbers and it's, it's, they're pretty stark. So all that said, I agree with you in that he is, he has the will. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's a guy that is going to do what he needs to do to become someone that, you know, any team will want to keep on the floor for, you know, 30 minutes a night. Um, in terms of his ceiling, I, the one I always go back to is kind of like a, a, somewhere between a poor man's and a homeless man's Jimmy Butler. I just <laughs> like that. I, that that outline of a player, and to me, that's a compliment, right? Because Jimmy oh, most, oh, most definitely, 
Most no, I, I, like I, you know, he was he was the you know he was the second or third best player in the finals last year. Like that guy's really good. Yeah. Um, I just I see his ceiling is going to have to be with the ball in his hands because he is never going to be an off the dribble threat on the perimeter. Um, I mean, he, he's not even a, a spot up threat right now. You hope he could get there, but he, I, I don't see off the dribble in his in his future. Um, so he's going to need to have the ball in his hands. And if he is, you know, there, there's going to need to be a certain modicum of playmaking that comes with that. I think he could get there um, because I do think he has good vision. I do think he has, you know, nice touch on passes, all, all that stuff. But yeah, we got to see it because right now it's all projection because we haven't really seen it so far. Well, in the draft, we like to look at free throws as an indicator for how good somebody could become as a shooter, even though it didn't really uh, work out that way with Denny Advia from the Wizards because they were concerned about his free throw shooting. He's shooting it pretty well. I think he's at like 50% now. I would have to fact check that. I mean, it's a really small sample size. But with RJ, he is shooting the free throws well now, right? He's, he's 14 of 18 on the year. So obviously, you know, small sample size, but so far so good. I like I, I'm not of all the things with him that I, I'm honestly I'm not worried about the shot. Uh, okay. Maybe that's naive of me because yeah, because I, I I think if he becomes knocked down, I mean he's going to be a pretty good player. You know, he's like <laughs> I feel like pretty much anyone. I shouldn't say that almost anyone could get to a level where they're a, they are a league average shooter from deep like 35 percent from three you're saying like something yeah if 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 they're left open and and for rj like all it needs to be is like he needs to be a guy that you can't just completely and totally ignore when he's behind the three-point line because right now teams are ignoring him it's it's funny jonathan because because a lot of that doesn't even have to do with percentages it just has to do with like reputation more than yeah yeah no and and but so it's I think he could get there, but it's, you know, he, like I said, he's a hard worker. So I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I may not be as high on RJ as some other people, but I'm also not worried about him. So Jonathan, what do you make of Kevin Knox uh, this season? I mean, coming into the league, it looked like he had all the tools. Um, I always talk about this. Like if you want to make it to the NBA, become six, eight, slide your feet, make threes. <laughs> uh, it feels like he could do all of it, but he doesn't really do any of it at, at an elite level yet. If that makes sense to you. No, um, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, so, so what do you make of him? I mean, he seems like a good kid. He seems like a hard worker as well. What do you make of his game, and where do you see his trajectory going and how he could help the Knicks in the future? Well, first of all, let me say he is a good kid. I, I had the opportunity to – I mean, I when uh, you know, I was still in the garden for, for games. Like, his dad was always there. I got a chance to talk to him a few times, and we had another conversation during last season, and, like – he just, you know, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's, yep. he's a little immature, not in the sense that like he's out like partying or anything like that, but he's just, you know, naive. He's, naive. Um, I don't mean that might be, you know, I'll say this. He last season, because there were jobs on the line, the Knicks brought in, you know, a lot of veterans. And as a result, RJ went from playing, you know, 22, I think he played 2,200 minutes or something like that as a rookie. Um, you know, he, he was on the floor for like 35 minutes a game by the end of that season to seeing, you know, 12 and 10 and seven minutes a night. And I don't think that like, that was a really, really, really tough adjustment for him. He, he did not have the um, mental fortitude at that time to, to 
you know, deal with that in a, in a productive way. Um, but he, as you said, he is a hard worker. The, the coaching staff last year was quoted as saying that he worked as hard as anyone on the team. Um, so I, I think the pieces are there in terms of what I've seen from him on the court this season. Again, I, fans who are looking for like, you know, these big like 20 point games or like highlight, like that's not where we're at with Knox right now. You're just looking for little things. You're looking for his ability to just put the ball on the floor and like stop and survey the court instead of just barreling into whoever happens to be at the rim, which for most of two years now is what we've gotten. And this year, I think he's been a little bit more, um, you know, careful and calm and collected when he does put the ball on the floor. He's had a couple nice passes. Um, defensively, he's continuing to progress. He had a nice highlight block the other day. Um, you know, he does, he can slide his feet um, on defense. Yep. And, and with the, the other part of it is even if he is guarding someone smaller and faster um, with his size and with his length, he's a, if, if he gets beaten, he's able to kind of make up, um, make up ground and, and, and you know, catch up the, to the guy from behind. So I still think there is an NBA player there. Um, but I think that's where we're at with Knox right now. I think that given how rough his first two years have been, you know, realistically, you're just hoping for a guy who could be a, a contributor on a good team, as opposed to, you know, whatever he may have been projected at uh, when he, when he came into the league. Yeah. I wanted to shift to Reggie Bullock. Cause I always looked and I want to see if you agree me, agree with me on this one. I always looked at Reggie Bullock as a guy that could help a really good NBA team. And I just never thought the Knicks were the right fit for him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, sorry, keep going. No, no. Like, cause you know, he could hit the three, he could slide his feet. He's smart. He could get in the mid-range and score when the shot clock's going down when he wants. And there's just not enough spacing around him. Like, I think he would just look a lot better on a good NBA team, whether it be one of, like, the top three or four teams in the East. But I would always thought there was this NBA team that would, that would like, take Reggie Bullock away from the Knicks. And he would – and the Knicks was like, wow, like, look how this guy's doing on, like, a great NBA team. I don't know. That's just how I always felt about him. Well, so <laughs> they originally, when he, when he came – to the Knicks, they, he, they, they signed him to a contract that was, um, I want to, it was, a, it was a two-year deal um, or there was, sorry, it wasn't, a, it was a, a two-year deal with the second year being a player option. I forget what the original number was, but it was like either 10 million or a little bit less, or maybe even a little bit higher. I forget, but that contract was voided because he failed his physical. He had the uh, uh, a neck issue, which required him to wind up getting surgery and then they ended up getting him to sign for not the minimum, but not much. He's making, I think, $4.25 million this season. Yeah, um, I think that's a great contract for him on the Knicks it, side. Well, it is, it is a good contract. That yeah. said, you know, he does have his limitations. His, his shooting, it, he had a nice shooting game last, last game, but last season it kind of tapered off a little bit. I think he was actually – I mean, he was definitely below his career number. I forget what it ended yeah. up at. Yeah, and that's um, my, but that's my thing, Jonathan. I feel like not to make excuses for him with better spacing and better team play. I just don't think he would be like a lot more effective, you know. Oh, he he would absolutely be more effective on yeah. a better team. I, I completely agree with you there. Right. Um, he doesn't, you know, there's not really much he could do with the ball. Right. Um, he, right. He's that's not a why. Pick, that's yeah. That's why. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I yeah. Agree. He's he, you know he's not a pick and roll player like uh, like Alec Burks, another guy that that is is right. on the team now has has shown more of that ability. 
Um, but I like Reggie, and I, I, a lot of Knicks fans, like, you know, we've we've had a lot of time to think since they last played their or since they played their last game before the season started. So people were throwing him into the fake trades left and right as kind of like this low cost three and D option. And I, 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 I agree with you that there are teams out there that could use him. Yep. I'm not quite sure if he has the value that like some team is going to be like, Oh, you know, you know, Reggie Bullock is going to make the difference for us in a playoff series type of type of thing. I think, I think he's a level, a level below, you know, that sort of player. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone's gonna give up like some future protected first round pick for him or anything <laughs> of that nature. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. A few, let, let me give you a few general NBA questions before we get out of here. Uh, and sure. the rookies that, so the two rookies I was highest on pre-draft, which one you probably know already from, the first topic of our conversation, Tyrese Halliburton and then Anthony Edwards. Those are the two guys I was highest on. But who have you seen so far that has really impressed you as, as a rookie? Um, I mean, I've, I've tried to watch a decent amount of Charlotte just because, you know, LaMelo was, was number one on my uh, personal board okay. before, this, yeah, before the draft. Um, okay. And I think – he's exactly as advertised. He, he has walked into the league as one of the top 10 passers um, in terms of vision, in terms of ability. I mean, I felt so bad. I don't know who I felt was for him or Bismack Biombo because he last night, he had a, he had a behind the back pass as he was driving the lane that hit Biombo right. Like it, it hit him right in the hands. And of course he couldn't catch it. And it well, went he out did of catch, I think he did catch one in preseason. That was pretty nice. Right. Yes. He, yes. Yeah. He, he caught it. He caught one in preseason. So there's, yeah. you know, there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he could, he couldn't grab this. This one was a little too fast uh, for him, you know, but I think you want to talk about a guy who's going to benefit from playing on a better team. Like that's Lamelo ball. I, I think he's going to be good. And I'm, I'm not worried about the shot. Like some people are, so um, that's been fun. I know he's been he's been hurt, um, and he's only played a couple games, and one of them I don't even think he scored in. But I, I loved what I saw from Isaac Okoro um, yeah. in, in the preseason. Like I mean, the, def- his, the defense is there already, you know. The defense is there, but I think obviously the big question mark for him was was the shot, and I think maybe. Well, I shouldn't say this because he, he did end up getting drafted fifth. So that, that was pretty high, but I think maybe enough, not enough draft like pundits because there were people who had him going like outside the top 10. Um, I think people didn't pay enough of attention to the fact that like he wasn't a three point shooter at all in high school. Like he didn't even attempt threes. And so for him to get to 28% in his one year at Auburn, I think maybe people should have projected a little bit more that like, if, if that's, if that growth curve continues, um, he would be able to, you know, be a threat from behind New York right away. And I think already we're seeing he has confidence when he puts it up from, from deep. Um, I think he kind of, ha- I think he has that mentality of a guy who you want on your team. Like he does not, like he actually reminds me a little bit of, a, of another guy. I know we haven't talked about him, but Emmanuel quickly are on the Knicks. Like yep. Emmanuel quickly got a chance to start the Knicks last preseason game, came in and just like, He's like, all right, I'm running the show. It's it's my it's my deal. And he's you know he scored like nine of the team's first like 15 points in the game. Um, he, he like some guys even as rookies, just come in and they're like, I got this. This is not this is not over my head. 
And I think yeah. Okoro was that way. I think Ball's that way. And I think in general, the rookie class has been good. Like Patrick Williams is averaging more points for the Bulls than he averaged um, for Florida State. Like that's yeah, yeah. Not, that was not I mean that was I a, that was the thing that a lot of the scouts expected that he would be a better NBA player. I mean, Wise Wiseman and Precious are playing great. Precious is like he's a big time defender already. You know. Yeah. No. It's but but you know if you I think to, again a lot of people were so down on this class because it didn't have, you know, any of the sorts of guys that are going to be in next year's draft, like the guy that's going to come in and, and they're going to change your franchise right away. Like that player probably doesn't, is, is not going to ever, you know, come out of this class, but it doesn't mean that there aren't a ton of guys who can help your team. Um, and right. we're seeing, you know, like, Peyton Pritchard, you know, looks really good. Yep. Um, Malachi Flynn in Toronto yep. looks really good. Like these are like you, you mentioned Precious. Like these are guys who are going to be NBA contributors for a long time. And, um, you know, I think they're they're not wasting any time uh, getting to that level. Yeah. And I think Edwards is going to be great. Uh, he's probably one of the least hyped first picks ever, in my opinion. And just, I mean, I always thought about him when I was watching him play. Like, if you just put him in NBA space, good things will happen, you know? Gets a shot off easily. Oh. Super athletic. Like, like that guy's a scorer, man. <laughs> put him anywhere. And he doesn't, he doesn't lie for confidence, obviously. Oh, the interviews yeah, have just, been great, right? His no, they've been, they've, been, <laughs> they've been fantastic. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see that Wolves team because, to me, they are a classic, like, there's only one ball. Uh, team because you got a you got a lot of guys who I think would like to have the ball in their hands if they had their druthers. I mean, obviously you got the the big two, and then you got Edwards. You have Beasley who just signed the new contract. You have Edwards. Um, uh, you have, you know, and you haven't even mentioned Ricky Rubio. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, or Culver rather uh, is the guy I was I was thinking of. So like, there's a lot of guys there who I think want the ball, um, and maybe they need one or two less of those guys. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what that, what they do with that situation this year. Hey, Jonathan, what well, we ended with a uh, draft and rookie talk. It's great for me. It's great having you on the show. You're always welcome back. I'll let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and everywhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I do a whole bunch of stuff. I have a podcast. I have a newsletter. Um, I write at a bunch of places, but you can find all of it. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, which is uh, at JC Macri MBA. And uh, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I love talking Knicks. I love talking hoops. So be happy to come back on anytime. Yeah, I was hyped to hear you even had a board. So you know, you're not all Knicks. That got me hyped up, man. You got, you got your. I actually <laughs> I went fifty. I went fifty deep on my final draft that, board. That's serious, Jonathan. That's serious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen. When you when you were a, 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 when you cover a team that um, did not make it to the bubble, and you right. had nine months of no basketball to kill you you watch a lot of college tape in that in that time so you know it happens maybe you'll get Cade. maybe you'll get Cade on the knicks <laughs> you know what just i all i want right now just give me a top four i would if there was some place i could sign right now for a top four pick so it's either Cade or uh or jalen suggs or evan mobley or or uh jalen green yep. like one of those give me one of those four guys and i'm i'm happy <laughs> most definitely great stuff jonathan you're always welcome back on the show and talk soon absolutely man be well combo nation we're just warming up and there you have it episode 228 happy new years appreciate the continued support don't forget to rate review and punch down on that subscribe button big thanks to jonathan for joining in and do this for me 
Take a screenshot of this episode if you have Instagram. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at one, two, combo. That's O-N-E, T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it. Be on the lookout for episode two, two, nine. Happy New Year, combo out.